0: You're listening to Tampa Bay Politics Podcast. My name is Angela Birdsong. I'm your host. Now, I do have a day job. They call me the Medicare lady. But every Wednesday morning, I take the time to interview movers, shakers, politicians in the Tampa Bay area that can affect your life. You can find us anytime on the internet, though, at Tampa Bay Politics Podcast.com. Now, Today, I am so excited because we have one of our sitting Hillsborough County School Board members who's taken the time to talk about her experience as a school board member. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on downtown. So thank you, Karen Perez, for being here. Thank you for having me. So thank you, Karen. (laughs) Okay, so you know what? Everyone who's in the hot seat. The first thing I do is I talk about you. Where were you born? I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn? So was I. How do you like that? Uh, where? Um, actually, near um, Williamsburg Bridge, you know, that area. Okay. Yes. I was born, well, I was actually born in Elmhurst General Hospital mm-hmm. in Queens, New York, where my parents lived in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Okay. okay. That was my first residence. <laughs> Okay. So uh, how long did you spend in New York? Well, I was there until um, about 16 years old. Okay. And then my mom decided, you know, to move my sister and I here to Florida um, in order for me to be able to go to college here in Florida. So we moved from New York here to Tampa. Okay. Straight to Tampa, Florida. Okay. Yes. And, And I attended King High School okay mm-hmm. and, and then um, where'd you go to college and I and my first my first step into college was at the Tampa Technical Institute and I um, followed a track of um, satellite communications design oh that's an interesting major yes yes And so did you stay in that field? Well, actually, I went to work for um, NASA for um, about a year. Okay, And it just wasn't what I thought it would be. You know, the the STEM track for me wasn't it because I was working by myself, you know, um, having to um, design satellite communication systems. You know, you worked on your own. And, um, you know... In a cubicle by yourself? No, actually, it was in a... It was in a um, non-static room. So it was, you know, you walked in, you had non-static um, outfit and goggles and a little hat and, you know, booties. So, you know, the the equipment you worked with um, had to... You had to make sure that there was no static that went to it. If not, it would... Um, a lot of the like diodes or resistors would end up shorting out. Oh. So, you know, you I was always in a in room by myself. So after a year, um, I decided to come back over here to Tampa and, you know, ended up getting married and, um, you know, married for 15 years. And any children? I have three oh. adult children. Okay, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, are they here in Tampa with you? Actually, two are in Tampa and one um, moved on to work on Wall Street in New York. Okay, mm-hmm. wonderful. Now, where is your family originally from? Well, my my both my parents are from Puerto Rico. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we have a long history of Puerto Rican migration into New York. Yes, we yes, do. Yes, yes. My family immigrated from the Caribbean as well. Okay. Well, half South America, half from Guyana, and half from Barbados. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot of New Yorkans. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's and I, right. I find them here in Florida too. So Okay. Yeah. So um, now, what did you do after you left NASA? Well, I, I like I mentioned, I ended up getting married, okay, and um, you know, became a housewife, and um, you know, after fifteen years, we split up, and um, I I was in St. Pete for those fifteen years, and then in um, 1997, I decided to go back to school, and. Um, Decided to take a track of social work because my family was very, very community oriented. Okay, taught us that service to the community came, you know, very much in line of God, family, and community service. Okay, and um, and so I started. I went back to school. came Came here to HCC in Ybor City. Okay, and then um, from HCC, I went on to USF. And I completed my uh, degree, a bachelor's degree in social work and then my master's in 2002. And And then where'd you go on to from there? So I started working for Northside Mental Health. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then um, from there, I became a supervisor for Hillsboro Kids, um, which was like a foster care. um, Which was the foster care agency. Yes. 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 Um, And now it's... Eckerd? Eckerd, yes. 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 Okay, okay. My family was a foster care family in New York. We took in foster care children. Nice. Yes, yes. So I'm familiar with that system. Yeah. So then how long did you spend with uh, Hillsborough Kids? I was there for six years. Okay. And then um, the VA... Yeah, you know, that's a pretty challenging job. It was. It was, but I loved it. I okay. love um working with the families um and uh, some in attempts to reunify, you know, children back with their with their families, but unfortunately some, you know, they ended cannot. up in in adoption and you know the foster care system, but I absolutely loved my job. Okay. And um and I'm a certified traumatologist and um so you're you're used to dealing with trauma yes yes okay. so um in 2007 the VA you know um scouted me out really yes. interesting and um I, gave you an offer you couldn't refuse exactly <laughs> <laughs> no, but we had a lot of our our veterans coming back home you know from the um Gulf war and you know and they needed good people and they did and they need you know um traumatologists to help the the veterans oh, you know um work and deal with the trauma that they were exposed to and so um so i made the transition from working with children to working with veterans and i've been there ever since and how many years have you been there I'm um, going on 15. Wow. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's home. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um working with the veterans, uh, what's a daily job like for you now? Well, um at first I worked at the um at right there at James A Haley, okay. you know, um in in the primary care um clinics and now um i work with the geriatrics population those are world war ii veterans really yeah um um, vietnam vets and they are the ones that are at home and unable to um come to the uh, to the hospital you know to the clinics um so we go to their homes and it's a whole team of us um, I'm the social worker on the team. We have a primary care physician, uh, a We have a RN, a KT, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. And um, so the whole team, so the, so the veteran has a, a whole team that visits them every uh, 90 days. You don't so. all go at once. We don't don't go all, go all at once. We <laughs> we spread out through, okay. throughout okay. those ninety days. Okay. And, um, that's a great uh, a great thing to do, though. Yeah, I mean, great I concept. I, yeah. a great concept. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they worked that way. Yeah. Okay. And so you know, the the really nice part about it is that the the veteran that is at home will see more providers than the veteran that really goes to the primary care uh, physician at the hospital and they may or may not need as much care but i'm sure as they get older yes. they do need more care yep. because i deal with um medicare recipients yeah. yes. yes and medicaid recipients yeah and the, and we were able to provide those um like the equipment that they need to stay safe and stay home okay or even the home health aides that you know are there that that they need to um help bathe them and dress them and help them with the adls you know, so that keeps them out that of is it activities of daily living. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. And um, that keeps them out of the nursing homes. OK. Or the um, um, ALFs, you know, and because everybody I, wants to stay home as long as they yes, can. Yes. Yes. And it ke- keeps them with their families. So. So at some point along the way, you ran for office. I did. Okay, what year was that? Well, the first time I ran, I ran in two thousand and four. I ran for a state house. Oh, you did! Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. And for um, a, this, it was District sixty. I think they re-district um, after that, but. Um it was district sixty. I um it was up in New Tampa area okay. and, and Lutz area around there. But um and I, I lost only by about three thousand votes. Really? Yeah. Won the primary by sixty two percent. And um So who then, who reached you? Was it Tom Lee? No, it was Doctor Homan. Doctor Homan. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's not in in office now, right? No. No. Who's in that seat now? um actually it's um fintress is it's that 60 well it's now it's three district so oh. it's a now uh, different it's uh, different number. yeah okay okay because that is my representative because yes. i'm in Carrollwood. yes yes okay yes. all right so i think that tom lee might have been in that seat and now it's burnett um, they, I guess they must have split it because yes. that New Tampa loots area yes. and then it goes out into Pasco County right. it's, it's and, and Polk. It's a very strange district. The way they, they read to, um, that their territories is different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because mm-hmm. um, we had Kathy Lewis run in right. that seat. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. And unfortunately, yes. she didn't win. But, yes. But, you know, we keep, we keep uh, trying to get our black people elected. Yes, <laughs> and then um, in 2018, I ran for um, school school board, and you won. I did. Now it I wasn't did. easy because you had a pri- you had a primary to go through. I had a primary, and it was um, five five males and myself. And then you had a runoff to go through. I did. I had a runoff with Shake Washington. With Shake Washington. Okay, yes. but you came through that one. I did. I did. All right. So now you've been on the board how long? Um, well, 2019 and 2020. Um, so two okay, years. Two years. Yes. All right. Yes. And uh, have you feel like have you felt like you've been able to get anything accomplished? I know it's a short period of time. Um, well, with mental health, you know, I ran on mental health issues. Um, look, watching our students. The the suicide rate was so high when, I'm sorry when to hear that. I was running and um, and now it's 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 decreased. you know, letting our parents know um, that we have mental health services in our schools, but also a partnership in the community and getting those mental health dollars into our into our schools, not just here in Hillsborough County, but across Florida is so imperative um you know well what a timely topic especially with covid oh definitely so, uh, yeah, you you were right on time with that because we have so, I mean, on top of everything else, yes. now we have the stress of being at home and yes. virtual learning and the parents are stressed out. Everybody is stressed out. Yes, yes. Now it's become not just a student issue, but a family issue, issue as well. Okay. Yes. we've we're, we're watching mental health take a whole different direction. Um, As a provider, um, I have also a private practice. So um, as I watch the veterans and our students and then also the community, uh, mental health has now taken front and center stage when um, people did not feel comfortable in the past speaking about mental health. Now, you know, it's they Well, we're going to take our first break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about a bill that you're working on. Uh, through the Florida um, State House and State Senate. Yes. And uh, did you want people to contact you about your uh, campaign? Yes, I would love that. Tell me your number. 813-493-7705. Okay, so um, this lady is up for election again. Thank we'll you. talk more about that too. Okay. love being number one when your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one it feels good right kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with state farm because making you feel like number one is an honor your local state farm agent takes seriously through the good times and not so good your state farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right you can call the herma white at nine six one six 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 one that's nine six one six 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 one Thank <laughs> you. We have with us Miss Karen Perez, and she is one of your school board members. And there's a whole lot going on at this uh, the Hillsborough County School Board. I hope we can even get to all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Before we do that, uh, I'm so amazed that you have this bill that you're working on. Yes. Um, can you tell us more about it? Yes. So when I first came on the school board, I um, conducted a mental health tour um, throughout Hillsborough County, and I noticed that um, the the folks that were attending the tour had no idea uh, about the services that Hillsborough County schools provide with regard to mental health. And, you know, we have school counselors, we have social workers, we have um, partnerships in the community um, that provide mental health services and the the school system pays for those services. And that's important. Yes. And um, unfortunately, there were parents in the audience whose children had committed suicide. And they... So sad. They verbalized that had they known that there was services out in the community, they would have had their children, you know, attend take those services of that. take advantage. Yes. And now they were, you know, themselves going through grief counseling because of the loss of their children. So when that happened along, uh, parallel to my, my um, uh, mental health tours. There were several other states who were, who were passing bills for mental health days. Um, those states were passing these bills for, um, their students to be able to call in and, um, take a mental health day. They were acknowledging that mental health and physical health we're not one and the same, but you know although um you know the the students will call in and say i'm stressed out, you know I just needed um to take a day off but the only difference between what I wanted to do and what the other states were doing was that when a parent will call in for a mental health day, that we provide them with the resources. Because of my mental health tour, I had to acknowledge that not everyone knew that those services were even available. Correct. Correct. Okay. Or, you know, in, in the line... Um, in the vein that you um, provide, that a lot of parents had no access to um, insurance, you know, and I was, that we would be able to educate them about Medicaid, about those resources, you know, and, and there was a lot of parents who could not afford, they could afford insurance for themselves through their jobs, but not for the family plan. Oh, yes. It's very expensive. expensive, Some of those family plans. Yes. Yes. So, you know, to be able to get that education. So um, so I sat down and, um, you know, put together this bill as Representative Valdez, you know, to join me with this. So we both collaborated along with Senator Roussaint. And who's in the Senate who's in the Senate correct because okay. with a bill you have to have representation in the state uh, as a state uh, a state representative and a state senator correct yes right so um so it what what happened last year is that um the the house pat it passed in the house okay. because a lot of the um, representatives came to discuss that bill with the DSM. It's the Diagnostic Manual for Statistics, which is a manual that therapists use to diagnose. I see. And um, they were able to talk about this bill very candidly using that diagnosis manual. And it passed in the House after much debate. But it didn't pass in the Senate. Oh. um, Only because the senators looked at it like, well, they already have days off. You know they have excuse absences, so it's one and the same. So it fell in the in the Senate. So we we turned around and we we, we presented it again this year. Okay. What um, our um, Susan Valdez, Representative Valdez, did was that she changed the wording to include mental health along with physical health for days off. So um it passed again all the committees in the house and now we're waiting you know to see what happens breath. in the senate in the senate again you know But you know what I like about it is if someone calls it for a mental health day and then um alerts yeah pe- um some pe- some people on the staff that this child is having an issue mm-hmm. And then you're able to then, you were telling me you can then counsel them? Or, no. Or we um, provide them with the resources. I see. Okay. That's out in the community. We can help them, you know, um, be able to access those resources. And with the possibility of reducing mental health crisis here in our community, especially here in Hillsborough County, which we are the, the third largest in the state, the seventh largest in the nation. Um, as far as um, schools, yes, you know, and, um, you know, to be able to help our community through a mental health crisis to help our children know that it's OK, you know, if you're having depression, if you're feeling suicidal, if you're having a bad day, it's OK. You know, in the past, you know, um, I know when I was growing up, people would say, oh, just brush it off, suck mm-hmm. it up. You know, um, you know, that mental health was not a acknowledge as it is, uh, as it's being done today. You know, today, um, even you have artists, you have, um, singers, you have, um, actors who are going public and acknowledging that they're, they have, they, they too have, you know, mental, mental health, health crisis issues. issues. Yes. Yeah. And that, um, you know, for them, it's okay. It's okay. They've given themselves permission to go seek counseling, that it's okay to have a bad day and that you you're not a bad person for having a bad day. You know, I was just hearing uh, somewhere on the news how many children think that suicide is an option mm-hmm. just because of cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. So you've got a lot of issues and you got people out there who are suffering from regular mental health challenges, schizophrenia, bipolar, all those things I'm sure are presenting when they're young. And you know, um, to me, there was an alarm going off when I first ran for office when we have six year, six year olds and seven year olds that see suicide as an option. You know, when I was six, seven years old, I didn't even know what suicide was. I know. I don't even know how they pull that off. You know, and for today, for our children to feel that that is an option and for them to go through with it, that is, it's just stressful to me. Yes. And so I can't imagine how their parents feel. And so, you know, we have to change the face of you know, um, mental health, we have to make it okay. We have to make it a discussion that we can have at the table that, you know, parents could be able to have a conversation with their child. How are you feeling, you know, um, mentally and physically, you know, that, um, how are you feeling conversation? is just not, you know, do you have a fever do you have a bellyache? Do you have, how is your mental wellness today? Yes. And that's so imperative. And, you know, like you said so many parents don't know what is available to them Correct. and uh, when my son was in private school someone said to me you know um you can get speech therapy for your son because you're a taxpayer mm-hmm. and so I d- ended up going to the public school because he had a, st- um, a stutter mm-hmm. kind of list stutter thing going on so I was able to go ahead and take advantage of those services okay. that the public school offered but if someone had not mentioned it mm-hmm. You would not know these services are there, right? And 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 they're available, and it's free, right? That's the word that a lot of people don't hear nowadays. You know, there's always a cost associated right. with anything, any supports that a child needs. You know, there's always a cost, and our parents just do not have that cost option you know they 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 hear you know it's 100 200 300 and our parents are barely just pay, yeah, paying the rent you know putting a roof and clothes on our on their children and you know what i've found out most of these mass shooters um or people who commit crimes the people know the, the family knows mm-hmm. that there's a problem there that there's an issue there they knew when when the guy in uh, Atlanta when he's, mm-hmm. his picture showed up before he could get to Florida, the family had already identified who he was. They knew he had a mental health challenge and they and the police were able to pick him up right away. Right. But it's it's being able to get the services that they need. Yeah. You know, at the at the right time. Those services that are going to support not just the student, but the entire family. Because if you know that a child has mental health issues, you know that that family also needs still supports in place. So, you know, and it's been like, you know, right now, um, especially during COVID, that a lot of mental health issues have surfaced. Yeah. You know, families that didn't realize that they needed these services now are saying, wait a minute, you know, Says we we've need been, help. We, yeah. And and, you know, so it's making sure that, you know, there's a word it's called sustainability. You know, if you f- fund it you know, mental health services one time, that's not sufficient. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help anyone. You know, it's like going to a counselor two times and and you're supposed to be better. Yeah, it could be years. Yes. You know, so, you know, I, I try to talk about sustainability when I speak to, you know, our U.S. representatives or U.S. senators, you know, reminding them that, hey, it's great that we got funding you know, right now during COVID, but understand that these problems don't go away. They're not here today and gone. You know, this mm-hmm. is not a one and done. Right. You know, that we're going to need sustainability to help our students and their families long, before, long after COVID is gone and long after all the doors are wide open. Because after the doors are wide open, we're going to see a lot more happening. Yes, and, yes. Because um, you know, COVID is amazing because it has unearthed. Well, it has shown a light yes. on things that were already there. Correct, correct. So you know, you have children who in poverty. They automatically they're having mental challenges mm-hmm. because the, fa- the the parents aren't working, or one is in jail, or one is on drugs, and. You know, that a happy home, it's not a happy home and they're going to have s- serious mental challenges, which they're going to present at school. Right. Well, it's, it's what COVID did. It, it uncovered things that society has been trying to cover up for a very long time mm-hmm. and it did not allow society to you know there's a there's a saying in the spanish that they try to cover the sun with their thumb mm-hmm. and you know so it did not allow society just to turn their back and say this is not happening right you know so now society has to acknowledge and has to fix this long long coming problem it's it's been it's been there for years right and now they have to acknowledge it, and now they have to fix it. Okay, we're getting towards another break. Okay. But before we go, your, do you want to ask people for anything? Money, volunteers, for your, your upcoming election? Volunteers, um, you know, donations would be wonderful to get this campaign up and going. And your support, you know, more than anything, your support would be just Fantastic. Where would they find you? Um, on the internet? Yes, I'm going to get my website going. And, um, you know, I have, um, you know, on Facebook, I'm always on Facebook. But, you know, um, you could also give me a call, 813-493-7705. And you're collecting money? I am. Good. Yes, do I, you have a campaign manager? I do. Who is that? <laughs> um, his name is Mark Hennessy. Mark Hennessy yes. is your campaign manager. Yes. He's a big he. That man knows how to raise money. Yes, he yes. raises a lot of money for the Democratic Party. He does he? Does yeah. he's a good guy. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know he was actually the man for you. He, okay. is. Uh-huh. he is. And what about Patrick uh, Montega? Is He involved? He is. He is also involved in helping me with my campaign. Okay. Yes. Yes. And he runs a little newspaper, doesn't he? He does. Like I said, that. Oh, yes. 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 Going back two generations, if not more. Yes, he, they've been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't have, you know, doesn't hurt to have a newspaper man on your side. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but you don't have your website yet. It's coming. It's coming. Yes. All right. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we'll be back in about a minute. Thank you. <laughs> Touch Radio, where you can listen to a cruising flow of smooth soul and jazz. Today's R&B, a fun touch of hip-hop and gospel. All my music on one station. Giving you a buffet of music, news, and entertainment. We're In Touch Radio. Hello, Kubo. What have you got planned for today? Come on, this way. Adventure can be found anywhere, but the best place to start is in the forest. It's the most powerful magic there is. Head outside to discover incredible animals. Wow. And beautiful plants that come together to create an unforgettable adventure. <laughs> so grab your loved ones and explore a world of possibilities. Visit discovertheforest.org to find the closest forest or park to you. Wrote to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Services. My teacher said that we should have a plan in case of an emergency. Do we have one? First thing I'm going to do is grab a flashlight with dead batteries. I'm going to start randomly throwing clothes in the bag. You two will be hiding in the closet and Dad won't be able to find you. And that's when we both start crying. Uncontrollably, please. Can you pass the cutlets? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Search ReadyKids at NYC.gov or call 311. Brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. <laughs> We're back. It's hard to believe we're halfway through, and I am Angela Birdsong, and I am here with an awesome guest, and she is with the Hillsborough County School Board. She's one of our members, sitting members. That's Miss Karen Perez. Thank you, thank you for stopping by. So good to have you. All right, so we got some problems with the budget down there. We do. I think they're short about fifty million something in that area. Yes. And, um, you know, I did want to ask you, do you think they should sell that building downtown? Well, you know, they're they're looking at selling it. But, you know, the one of the issues that I have is and, I, and I'm going to say it is a lack of transparency. I know for us, you know, well, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm one of seven um, is that, you know, we I ask questions and, you know, the the question is met with an answer, and then two days later, there's another answer. It's Um, never the same answer. correct, correct. It's always something different. And I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. Um, And I'm speaking about the community. You know, um, when I speak to community members, when I speak to staff, when I speak to, they have the same exact um, response. Um, as far as um, transparency or the lack thereof, um, okay. So it's very it's very difficult. But um, but you were saying that um, there were some areas that you feel some there, where they could find money as oh, opposed yes. to firing teachers. Oh, like like let let me say this. Kelly Services, um, that contract when I first was elected, they talked about that contract with Kelly Services. Kelly Services. Receives about fifteen million from the district, and um, with in nineteen, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna read from, from some. Well, let's just say I that have. Kelly Services is providing substitute teachers. teachers, correct? So they got rid of the old system where they used to find the teachers themselves, correct? The subs themselves, the yeah. Subs. There was they're, they're from HR they would call and get the substitute teachers, and then they decided to um, contract it out. Now you probably hear about contracting out recently because they're looking to do this with the janitorial services. Yes, which they met with a, uh, a brick wall. Correct in the and community, it, and it's and it's coming up again. Yeah, know? well, that's, so that's what they do this. with these things. Yeah, you know, they wait for it to simmer down, and mm-hmm. next thing you know, it's back, right right back, back again. Up. So, so w- let's talk about the contract services. So, um, with Kelly Services in 2014. Um, they had a, a fill rate of 88.6%. And from 2015 to 2016, they had an 88%. 2016 to 2017, they had an 87.2%. 2017 to 2018, they had an 82% um, fill rate. Notice what's happening. 2018 to 2019, they had a 79.8 fill rate percent. So every year, it seems like they're slacking. They're that you know the numbers are going down. But my concern is so when you say fill rate, fill rate is that they they find, might have a hundred thousand requests, mm-hmm. but 33 percent or 30 percent is not being filled. So uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example. So in 2013, 2014. Hillsborough County Schools estimated that 131,423 um, um, requests for substitutes. And 33,662 um, um, requests went unfulfilled for a total of 74. What happens if you need a teacher yeah. in the classroom and you can't find anybody? That So that's, that's where I'm having an issue. So... There's, so let's take, let's why don't we take the, the 2018, um, 2019, set the 79% fill rate. So that's leaving a 21% um, short. I'm trying to figure out where the short is. What schools? If it's in our transformation schools? You know, and and that and which is another word for poverty stricken. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to find figure out where the what what transformation has happened because I still have yet to see a transformation happen take place. You know, all they're doing is transforming the name because right. at first it was achievement, now it's transformation. I'm trying to figure out what else is going to be they're going to name it um, because I'm I have yet to see any transformation. It's still take basically place. D minus Correct. schools okay. yes and so you know if the fill rate um, is happening in the you know the Steinbrenner schools the Newsom schools the plant schools that's great for those students but if our students in our transformation schools are still being left without a without a substitute teacher because their teachers are not there you know or and what are they feeling are they feeling um, classrooms that there are no teachers or are they feeling a classroom where the teacher is just absent you know I'm I'm just having an issue with. So you're with sitting this on the school thing. board, and you don't have the answers to these questions, correct? Because they're they're just not providing us these answers. So you know this um, this coming up um, board school meeting. board, yeah, school board meeting. I'm going to be you know just asking these questions, and I and I ask the questions in the um, sunshine because if I ask these questions, you know, in our in my one on one with the superintendent. Like I mentioned earlier, he'll give me an answer and then two days later the answer changes. Okay. So I'd rather have that um, response recorded and in the sunshine where everyone could hear that answer. Then and just so everyone knows, the sunshine law also prohibits board members from speaking to each other. Correct. About anything that could come up before the board. Correct. Correct. Okay. So you know, just just it's just um, for me. It just would behoove you know this district to look at that Kelly service contract, remove it, and you know put that fifteen million back into into our our district. And, you know, I know earlier we, we discussed how much it would cost. So Kelly services is paying our substitute teachers, $8 and 49 cents an hour, an hour for a total of $84 um, for, the you know, for the for the day. And yes, you know, for teaching and $10 for, if they have um, an AA or a bachelor's level degree in teaching so, you know, I'm just not understanding how the district is comfortable with this because I know I'm not. Okay. And, you know, but paying a service 15 million and shorting our teachers is a problem to, for me. Right. You know, um, so looking at that piece, you know, that 15 million that Kelly Services is receiving, but then also, One of the issues I have is when the, when the superintendent, you know, talked to us about, you know, eliminating positions, he didn't provide a template of what this is going to look like culturally. You know, he just told the principals, oh, you know, do what you need to do. But do what you need to do for me, um, screams of a, of an issue. Because when you're looking at these schools that are very diverse, When you're looking at our student population, when you're looking at the need for our students to see, especially our children of color, to see um, administrators that look like them teachers that look like them right um, you teachers you want that to make sure they with them you know and the first the first hired are usually the first to go and we need as, as many diverse teachers as correct. possible yeah. but it's not even the first hired but to me I feel I should say last hired I should think. yeah yes but um, that that it's not just that that um that those teachers it's also you know some of our staff we don't know you know how they think how they feel about their staff you know if they target these staff just to get rid of them you know for me is i would i would want i would have wanted to see a template of, you know, why How you decide who who stays, who stays and, who, and goes. who goes. Correct. Okay. Not just do what you feel or, or you know, just eliminate positions, you know, because the elimination of positions historically has always affected people of color. I see. And staff of color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just not something we make up. That's historically um, you know, been been the numbers proven. bear it out. Correct. Been proven and you know, um, you know, for me, I would have rather seen a template for him to say, This is what I need from you as principals, and this is what um you need to show me, you know, if you're going to cut staff. Now, did I hear it was about fifteen hundred positions that are gonna be eliminated? 1080 thousand eighty mm-hmm. and those are all teachers no uh-uh. it's a it's teachers and a combination of teachers and staff it's staff counselors yes so you know I'm I'm just I really am I an ESE um professionals that's English is a second language right uh, yes ESC okay. or yeah Oh, and they will be on the shopping block, too. Correct. Have they gotten their pink slips already? Do they know? Um, I don't know yet. I don't know when. That's what I'm saying. There's a lack of transparency. There's a lack of, you know, um, just all the way around. I, it's just very difficult. Um, we had a, a, a meeting um a board workshop just last week when they presented us these numbers. And then, you know, in presenting those numbers, I verbalized the fact that, you know, they were able to put together all these numbers for, um, teachers and staff, but no, no administrators out of Rosac or, um, the ISC, you know, that they deliberately left out the ISC, the, um, the the building over on 40th street it's uh it's just all administrators in those buildings oh i see yes so Uh you don't know if some of those administrators are on a chopping block correct because they didn't present those numbers to us i see Mm -hmm. okay and that's what i'm i'm speaking of the transparency or the lack thereof um is is you know it's very difficult to for us as as um well for me i keep speaking about myself um to be able to um Do my job, Um, you know, as a board member, you know, I make these decisions, you know. um, So that's why I have to stand back for a moment before I make any any decision. But I'm always verbalize that in the sunshine. Now, there are seven of you. When do you meet? When are your board meetings? Um, Every other Tuesday. But for some reason, we've been down to one board meeting a month lately. I have no idea why. When is your next meeting? The next meeting is the thirteenth. Let me see of next month. Of um, next month, yes. And uh, yeah, are the they open year. to the public? They, they are. are, and okay. you can also um, sign up to make um, public comment if you like. You know. And uh, where do you meet? And we meet downtown in Rozak at 9, 901 East Kennedy. Okay, that? so uh-huh. that's in the big building downtown. It is okay. Mm-hmm. Well, one minute to break. Okay. And I always say, give me your phone number again. Okay. My number, my contact information is 813-493-7705. Say that one more time slowly. Okay. 813-493-7705. Okay. So we're going to come back and talk about more school board issues. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Damn Like Like the storm. storm. When it kicked in, we had a plan. we were able to All get in scrambling. touch with each other in no time. How to find each other? The whole experience was fine. It was the most frightening ten hours of my life. If there's one piece of advice I'd offer other moms out there, it's to stay calm and keep to the plan. Some parents plan ahead. Some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Say start your plan at ready.gov. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. In Touch Radio, where you can listen to a cruising flow of smooth soul and jazz. Today's R&B, a fun touch. Hip hop and gospel. All my music on one station. Giving you a buffet of music, news, and entertainment. We're in touch radio. Okay, we're back with school board member, Karen Perez. Thank you. She's got a lot of work to do down there at the school board. It's one of the biggest in the in the state of Florida and one of the biggest in the nation. It is. And uh, tell me real quick, well, who are the school board members you serve with? So it's um, Jessica Vaughn, Shake Washington, Stacy Hahn, Lynn Gray, Melissa Snively, and... Nadia comes. How many democrats do we have on the board now? 4. 4 out of 7. So we have a there is a majority democrats. Correct. Okay. Hopefully that's going to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, we've we're in a transition period now. We are. We are. So um they have have they have they discontinued standardized testing. So I'm glad you brought that up. So I'm going to go back to last year, and then I'm going to come into standardized testing for a minute. Um, A lot of our students last year, we had 315 COCs. And what a COC is, is a Certificate of Completion. Okay. So it looks like a diploma, Uh but it's not a diploma. I see. And the children can't do anything. With With it? With it. They can't go on to college? They can't go on to college. They can't get a job. They can't do anything with this certificate of completion. Really? Right. So, and the majority of the students that received a COC last year were Black and Hispanic students. There were only eight Caucasian students that received a COC. Out of how many? Out of 315. Oh. Okay, when do they get that? At graduation, they walk across. They think they're getting a diploma. They, 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 you know, they graduate, and this is not even worth the paper it's written on. How did they make the decision that someone gets a, um, okay. a coc? So, um, their grades and their test. Oh, it has everything to do with the standardized test. I see. So okay. if they don't get a good enough score, correct. Mm -hmm. So now when we, when I looked at that and this year, guess how many students are getting COCs this year? None. None. Guess why? Because we didn't have to take a test this year. Oh, I see. Right. And so, you know, they're, they're touting that. Oh my goodness. You know, this, everybody's passing this year. The graduation rates are high. But it's because our students were excused from taking the standardized tests. I see, and so you know when I look at the standardized tests, it if we had to give that standardized test to our Caucasian students, and it's called um, something. Let me let me. I'm going to pull it up. There was a a test. And um, if you're gonna to have to excuse my. Um, well, while you're doing that, I'm very curious to you know what's happening to the 300 kids that got the C.O.C. Can they? They can't do anything with it. Can they so, change it <laughs> if we if we had to give instead of the standardized test. If we had to give the black intelligence test of cultural hom- homogeneity, I don't believe our Caucasian students would pass. Imagine if they had to pass that test in order to graduate from high school. How many COCs they would receive at that point. Okay, so what is on the standardized test? Is this just so? Our students of color, black and Hispanic, are being tested on the white culture. I see. Correct. Yes. Am, am I right? Am I? Am I correct? Let, now let's I, let's. I don't know everything let, that's on the test, but I'm going to take your word for it. No, let, let's, no but let's let's mean, let's math, talk. Let's it? talk serious. Okay. So you know when when a child in the, in the inner city is on the test, it's talking about a yacht. How? What is that child going to know about a yacht? Right. Right. Okay. Right. So this black intelligence test was given to um, some students. And the black intelligence test, the, the students failed it. It was, you know, I would, I really suggest that our audience and, you know, you, you look up at this this, this um, test. Um, but the, the Caucasian students failed it miserably. But okay. And what's on students- there? What's a hoopty? our students of color <laughs> passed it what's on there what questions are on there the the, the it was it was a test and um, i'm going to i'm going to uh, um, tell you who it it was it it was really neat um, that because the standardized t- t- tests have implicit bias you know, okay that's what that's I, what they talking about it is true to. it yeah, is true it's true uh, it's true the letters Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah. 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 So, so, but, but, um, so, it's it's really amazing um, that there's still we're in 2021 and we're still expecting our children of color, whether Hispanic, Asian, Black, you know, Caribbean, to um, to pass a test that they it's already known that only it's only that white people can do together. better on yeah, no, tests but it's only only put together for caucasian children to to pass i see i see and you know we we still have not come to a place where we eliminate that, and not just that, that we teach, we have our teachers teaching to a test and eliminating our children from learning what they really need to learn in the classrooms. And that's the standardized test that they have to pass yearly, right? Correct. In third grade, they have to pass a test, and then, of course, in their in their high school years. Are they being Let's, left back if they don't pass? They're not being left back. Sometimes they're being pushed forward. They're they're not understanding half the stuff. But then they're being provided a certificate of completion that they can't do anything with. with. And then they wonder why the justice system, we have the school to prison pipeline. And then they wonder why our children are out there committing crimes. Right. They're felons because the school system has set them up for failure. Not just for failure. But to be another inmate because mm. they can't find a job. Right. If I'm giving somebody a a, a a child a certificate that has no value, right, how are they gonna find a job? And they can't fix that? Can they fix it? Why are they gonna fix a system? No, that's no, helping I'm saying can once that, they get that COC is no, why, no turning why, back? why are they gonna fix a system that's feeding a prison system oh that's making gosh. money off of our children? Why? Well, they say they can tell just by the third grade reading levels mm-hmm. how many children are going to be in prison. That's why they take the t- test in third grade, and then and then the child in third grade, when they don't pass that test, they feel stupid all the way going up. Yeah, and then they're targeted. Our children are targeted. Our children are starting to be left behind because the teachers start then. Already know, oh, he didn't pass the test, so I'm not even going to worry about him. Oh I'm not gosh. even going to teach him how to read right now because I'm going to focus on the kids who are going to put A in my classroom. Mm. And that's a problem. That's, that's just a problem with me. I know because those, te- those students should be targeted for tutoring. Not just tutoring. They should be targeted for something different. You know, not this test. Not this test that they're our kids get so frustrated because some of our kids will say, what in the world is a condo? What is what is, you know, they they have words in these tests that our children will never see, Mm -hmm. will never understand what it is. And it's frustrating our children Mm -hmm. It's causing them to get angry. Yes. It's causing our children not to want to pay attention in school. Because when they see other children in their classroom, understa- they understand, not. Yes. and they're, they're like, oh, it, it's me. Mm-hmm. But it's not them. It's that they're, they're, they're being pushed to learn a culture that's not their culture. I see. Words that don't fit into their world. Right, right. And so when I'm asked about this test... You know, forget it. When I went, when I went, I'm going to give you my experience. Okay. When I went, I'm Hispanic, grew up, my mom speaks very little English. Okay. When I went to college, I took the GRE three times, failed it. So they gave me a provisional entrance into the social work master's program. I graduated top in my class. Really? My thesis won an award at USF.
1: And And you couldn't pass the test. It was
0: a monetary award, too. And I I defended my thesis as a master's student in front of the doctoral students. So it has nothing to do with these tests. And we just continue and continue and continue jeopardizing the future of our children based on these tests. And when this I think COVID-19 had to come in order for us to see that our children are intelligent yes our children are amazing but what society's doing is it's dictating their future on an exam right and that's how they limit our kids you know this the school to prison pipeline covid gave it the test and i know that this um, this exam mm-hmm. is what's triggering that school to prison pipeline. Wow, every day. And you know what? I believe they're not having the SATs, mm-hmm. and it's opening the floodgates for children just to hey apply to the school of your choice. There you go. There you Before, go. Before was that was a boundary that if right. you couldn't if you didn't get a certain number, Great. you there. couldn't even apply. <laughs> And if you didn't have a legacy to help you Mm -hmm. in. So that legacy thing is another correct boundary. So I want the audience to uh, um, seriously look at that um, at that black intelligent test of cultural homogenity. You need to know the name. Yes. But anyway, we get the point. Yeah, but. <laughs> that there's but, words they, they don't know, but that we know. But to, to understand how that, that test um, demonstrated the division mm. that, that um, you know, when you're providing an exam that is has that, that cultural um, division, that line, that dividing line to students, that they're going to fail every time. Mm. And they don't want our children to progress. That's society. You know, not our children. Now, I don't know how you feel about this, but this computer, this handheld devices in everybody's hand, um, they like to use slang on mm-hmm. it. And they don't use real words, full words. But that's our, that, that's our culture. And I'm, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, sometimes I say, I don't oh. know if that's a good thing for the children. That's to- our culture. That's like rap. That's like, you know, our dreads. That's like, you know, that's and and when you eliminate that, you eliminate part of who our children are. But do you think it helps them with grammar? Do you think that's a it hurts them? It it, for me, that's who our children are. Okay. Well, we're getting up to another break again. It's the end. No, you're kidding. We went through. We're at the end of the show already. I know. I had so much fun with you. <laughs> this was great conversation. Yes. Yeah. We got to get this um, tape out there. Okay. You know, it's always on Facebook on Tampa Bay politics. Okay. But uh, spread, share, like, in touch news. And we'll see you again next Wednesday. Thank you for having me here. OK. OK. We're going to have the Parks and Rec Lady next week.